So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, sunshines. You are listening to the Evolvepreneur After Hours podcast. I am your host, Christine Campbell Rappin, and I'm on a complete utter mission to help entrepreneurs make a difference and navigate the messy world of startup, relaunch, reinvention, and plot twists. Today, we're going to be digging deep with our guest, and she's going to help share the best concepts and strategies and insights that has helped her to accelerate the growth of her business to help you fast track yours. So today's guest is Kate Wickham St. George, and she is a remarkable woman. She has a passion for life and an incredible desire to encourage everyone to tell their story. Hence her passion for mentoring creatives and giving written and video book reviews. Once Kate made the simple decision that an author was who she was meant to be, where she felt so comfortable as a storyteller, it was simple. She then embraced the many roads to authorship where she opened to her and became an award-winning bestseller in the genre of paranormal adventure. A trilogy writer in adventure, paranormal, plus co-created an anthology book for her publisher, H or MMH Press. She has also written two children's books, which were received by two royal families. She's got a remarkable story. She has a passion for supporting other entrepreneurs, and she truly is the cheerleader you need behind you. She has a great zest for life. We're going to love this conversation. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our show. Thank you so much. I want to know, when you first started out, did you ever imagine the world of entrepreneurship would be the journey that would unfold for you? Never. In a whole world, never. I'm blown away every morning by the people that say, um, can you help? Will you write? Um, I've become, since I've been published, I've, I write for four magazines. I'm a ghostwriter. There's so much out there for people that if you dip your finger into the water, there's so many ripples afterwards. I love that ripple analogy. And I love the fact that, you know, entrepreneurship isn't necessarily a destination when you start. It is about the dominoes that fall and the opportunities that come unexpected when you start being in motion. When did the first domino fall for you? Where were you? What was going on? And why on earth did you say, heck yeah, I think I want to take that adventure? I've been a collector um, of motivational positive quotes since I was knee high to a duck, really and truly. I've always loved them, bought the books, read them, just soaked in them. Um, I just thought, I don't want to be one of these people that regret. Um, you know, watch my grandparents regret what they hadn't done in life. I don't want, didn't want to be like that. So as I grew up, I became a teacher and um, changed many schools, you know, because I was a, first of all, I was a tourism teacher. And then my skills got noticed on motivating people to attend school. And so I was, um, I was headhunted by a beautician school, uh, one that taught every sort of like a modeling school. And so uh, they said, when I go and teach, then they discovered that what I was teaching, um, I said, I could write a book on this, just a casual quip, morning tea. Oh, I could write a book on what I teach. And they said, they, they challenged me. And about six months later, I had a book. That was my first inkling into how much people and that's right across the board. I didn't care about age because there were all ages in my particular classroom. But 
it was my first insight into how much people soak in the negative, but they forget to put on the cape of positivity and be who they want to be. It's such a it's such a journey when you actually realize that you are becoming who you are meant to be. But you've got to take that first step. And you might be, you know, the, the road to discovering who you are has many different roads to it. This is so true. I think so often we can get caught up thinking in, you know, there's only one way. There's the right time, the right path. When everything, you know, in the stars of the universe align, that then I will move. And that leaves an awful lot of life. Imagine. Yes. Instead of lived. And yet the few brave ones take the leap. What was it about, you know, where you were at or the support that you had that said, I am going to be the exception to the rule. I'm going to lead first and jump. Because that's a remarkable gift that many, sadly, leave on the bookshelf. Okay. I like that leave on the bookshelf. It's nice. Um, well, what was my, my, the biggest leap of faith was knowing that I could write and that I could lead people by being a positive cheerleader on their team. Of course, there are times when you have to take a, a step back and think, this is, um, it's sad. You have to have empathy with it as well. So therefore, you have to take a step back and be the one that puts that your arm around them and says, it's okay. It's quite okay to sit be sad. I mean, tears were given to us for a reason. And I believe it's to wash the sadness away. So we're, I don't think we're born to be super energetic and bright and happy all day long, every day. We'd soon, we'd soon blow the light bulb if we were like that. But I do believe that um, along with cheerleading, there's so many um relationships that go with it like empathy kindness uh, just stepping back and just sitting on the corner and listening listening is one of the greatest attributes anyone can ever have it's interesting when you talk about cheerleading one of the things that many entrepreneurs really discover is the loneliness on the journey because they don't necessarily have built-in cheerleaders many 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 realize in fact, the opposite. They might not. So I'm curious if you had advice to our audience here. If you, you know, if you don't have that built-in support system, how do you go about creating one? Or what do you look for? Because it might not be a known gap until you realize you have it filled and you go, wow, I should have had this sooner. I... I believe that my first cheerleader came not from my parents or from my um, siblings. It came from um, my husband um, who said to me, if that's what you want to do, then go and do it. Because I really wanted to be a writer. First of all, I was an artist, but I always was adding words to my artwork. I was painting words in and I knew that they had meant something special to me. Um, and I had many exhibitions, but the the feeling of an exhibition, the excitement was beginning and, and all the work you have to do before an exhibition, it was beginning to take its toll. I was beginning to think, I don't want to do this. And then I was I was co-exhibiting um, and I was literally realised I was relying on them to hype me up. 
And I didn't want that. I wanted to be excited about what I was doing. So then it was my first step into writing, and that was about 20 years ago. Since then, a lot of books. Um, but, you know, the first one, if, if, you're, a, if you're an entrepreneur in any, any way, perhaps if you just looked around you and, and see what you do have, you don't know who your cheerleader is sometimes. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. It's, for me, as I said, it was my husband, but then come my work colleagues and then come my relations with different businesses I, I'm, you know, I do business with. It's, it's, um, it's amazing who you find. They just come out of the blue. You don't know. I had a doctor contact me yesterday and say, I love your posts because I post a positivity on Facebook every morning. Um, and I thought, who are you? I don't know you. But he's been watching me. And I just thought, well, first of all, I thought, oh, I don't know if I like that. I normally know who they are. But he was, he's a very nice man and we had a chat and it was like, mm, okay, thank you. Because he said to me, there's not a lot of people that will... I've been posting on Facebook for nearly 10 years, a positive uh, saying every morning because it just gives me joy. And he said, there's not a lot of people that feel like that. And I thought, well, there you go. So I'm actually leading a cheerleading team by, by posting my posts. And he was one of the background that was cheerleading me on also. It happened, it doesn't, a cheerleader is not one that with a huge drum and a trumpet that goes rah, rah, rah. They're not your cheerleaders. The one, the cheerleaders are the ones that sit quietly and say, good on you. When's the next book? When, you know, when's this happening? I had a movie made from one of my books. Um, the people that arrived in the theatre, I didn't know half of them. The theatre was full. I didn't know half of them. And I thought, who are you? I don't know you. I realised it was family and friends, all family and friends arriving as well. But they were my cheerleaders. You should have hit the theatre, it went off. When the movie finished, it went off. They're cheerleading you. It might have just happened once, but accept it gratefully. You know, I think there's great truth in what you say because the cheerleader isn't necessarily always the loudest voice. There is a, a real, I would say, almost a quiet confidence. And I always say to people, I mean, I'm, I'm in the world of entrepreneurship as well, like you. My clients aren't people who liked my posts. They aren't people that engaged in my social media. I don't show up for the cheer, if you will. What I show up is the fact that they need that in their day. And nine times out of 10, they show up and say the same thing. I've been following for a while. You were the voice in my head that kept going or somehow influencing in a positive way. I choose to cast that ripple. And one of the most powerful gifts we can give in our capacity in mentorship is to say, I see your dream. It's possible. And to hold that dream for someone else when there is the doubts, when there is uh, a setback. And so I'm curious, you know, as you jumped into this world, you never imagined the world of entrepreneurship, the writer came naturally felt very in flow there, but the entrepreneurship, the business side of it may have been foreign. When you look back, what was the thing that surprised you most that you didn't anticipate on your journey? The business side of authorship. I did not anticipate that at all. Um, I'm a traveler. I love, we have a caravan. I've traveled all over the world, not in the caravan, but I have traveled all <laughs> over Australia. <laughs> so how awesome would that be? <laughs> that would be. Um, most of my life I've traveled. So I wasn't expecting the 
um, let's put it like the paperwork of going into authorship of you have to sell your books. You have to, your, your publisher will do it, yes, but she's not there every day. She's got a thousand other authors to look after as well. So you have to understand that. So to be an author, you have to grab your book. You have to love your book. You have to, to put your book out there. You have to approach people. And I'm not frightened of that side of that, of, of approaching people. I've always been in that field. But to, um, to approach a library and offer your book and knowing that the libraries are, are government funded, but you have to offer your book. That was a big one for me to get over. You know, but I, I actually did it. I actually, we have five libraries in the area I live in. Each one has a whole set of my trilogy um, and they have all my previous books before that because I walk in there and I say, okay, time for an author's talk, time for an author's signing. And they know me now and they greet me by name. They are part of my cheerleading team and they are part of my business world as well. I love that because there is truth. This is often some of the biggest surprises for many entrepreneurs is you mean I have to sell something? <laughs> Which is sort of ironic, but it is something that many of us have a, I'm going to say a light bulb moment around because we often think, you know, we we pour our hearts and our soul, particularly if it's a written word or a creative endeavor, and especially if it's the one that's close to your heart, as you're suggesting is where the magic lies, to then be actively selling it. And yet without it, you can't create impact. And so if you can get out of your head, I always tell my client, if you can get out of your head and remember that you're here for a purpose, it doesn't serve you, it serves someone else, it is important to show up as a good human being. But it may have not been smooth sailing. So when you're working with clients, is this something they also struggle with? And if so, how do you bridge the gap with them to get them to understand the importance of the business side, not just the creative bits? Mm, okay. A lot of them suffer with imposter syndrome. A lot of people, especially some of my clients. Um, and it's first of all, we have to step over that bridge. You're not an imposter because you're actually writing. So an imposter wouldn't be writing. They'd be using a ghostwriter or something like that. And they're not imposters either. They're using a skill. So let's get through the imposter syndrome and then let's see where the business side of working with your book is going to lead you. What do you actually actually have to do? Well, first of all, we go into, you have to have a tax number. Have you got that? That's a big important thing. You have to have a tax number. And then we go right from <clears throat> um, keeping all your, getting a tax number to keeping all your notes into a file. I have one client who is extremely well known, but had never kept her um, writing notes in a file. So she was all over the place. So we, I teach them that. I teach them that your filing system is is so important to you because in amongst your filing system, you'll have notes of what you've previously written. Go back to them. Let's have a look at them. Let's go over them. Let's use some of those words from them. And then I teach them from it. A simple thing like a tax number to a filing system to maybe an invoice system to maybe a, um, you know, you might have someone that owes you money. So, you just have write little notes to them. I coach them on all of that. It's I would I, I run what you call a micro business over here in Australia. It's very small, but I do sell a lot of books like that, and I do coach a lot of people in the fact that um, if you're going to sell your book, then you have to have something set up to sell it with. First of all, um, and if you haven't got those skills, then hire someone, 
And they say, a lot of people come back because they haven't got the money to hire someone. Okay, then collaborate with someone. So there's all these different things you can do. Now, at the moment, I'm collaborating with two big publishing houses um, and I'm, I'm allowed to put a chapter in their book. And I think that's amazing because I certainly couldn't afford to, to spend $4,000 each on a chapter. But that's, you know, that's what I teach my clients as well. Collaborate um, if you can if you can find someone and there's thousands of people out there that will welcome your skills, then do so. I think there's great advice in that because so many people that I know who are, I'm going to say book coaches, mentors, helping people get their written stories out into the universe, take it from the creative side, but miss the business side. And I love the fact that, you know, for this to have longevity and to have impact, it needs to reach more people. And, and that key to that is going to be some level of structure. So I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to cheerlead you in that moment because I love the fact you're going to bring that real practical side. Of course, that's where my passion lies. Like, let's have foundations to live and create the impact you want. So I'm curious, you know, what has been the funnest bit? Most fun? That's probably not a word. What's been the most fun on your journey looking back on the, the path so far? Oh, but my life's a lot of fun. So just to pick one, one thing out, goodness. Um, when I go traveling, I meet so many people that all, oh, you're a writer. And they tell me a story and they look at me and they say, is that going to go in the book? Might <laughs> yeah. not. But the funnest thing, goodness me, I would say recently the movie, the movie that was made from my books, that was the funnest thing. And I was so embarrassed to be called up onto the theatre stage when the movie had finished and they congratulated me and they asked me to say something and I opened my mouth and burst into tears because it's, <laughs> the emotion was so great. Yeah, the emotion was overwhelming that my words were on screen. Um, that was the funnest thing. And, and promoting it and getting to know the, uh, the movie producer uh, getting to actually choose the two actors, the two main actors, the winners of the movie, because it was a short movie. Um, that was so much fun. We had a lot of fun um, choosing the actors um, and watching and watching the actors strive to reach um, to reach me because I was the author of the book. They had to actually touch my heart, uh, and so it was like watching all these people do their utmost best and. And then, I don't know, it was just an amazing feeling. It wasn't um, I'm in charge or anything like that. It was like I just loved watching them be so creative with my words. Everyone was different. It was a, just a fun, it took a year, but it was a fun year. Yeah. Amazing. So I'm curious, would it be an, an experience you would like to have happen again? Oh, yes. Yeah. Definitely. Let's pass, let's cast that out into the universe. I want to shift gears here for a second and, and ask you because you know I love I love the passion you have for your own work, the excitement and the journeys that you shared, and I love the fact that you you really want to play a guiding hand to others. And in many ways, they would be looking to you for advice. So before I talk about what they might seek from you, what's been the best piece of advice you've been given on your journey? And doesn't mean you necessarily took it. I will say caveat. That's very real. Um, be who you want to be. 
And I'll tell you about a lady that said it. It was um, a co-author of mine. Her name is Sylvia Marina. She is one of the most uh, well-known kinesiologists in the world. Uh, but she's also comes from New Zealand like I do. And we have always known each other since your dot. I've watched her climb that famous ladder. And she is an amazing woman. So when she, when I was having a few doubt times uh, and we had a cup of coffee together, and that's how simple it was, cup of coffee by the beach. And she said to me, just be who you want to be because everyone else is taken. And that was a light bulb moment for me. So I am who I am because everybody else has got their own role in life. That's a very profound piece of advice. Be who you want to be. And the other thing I know we chatted on earlier was you get to evolve to being the person you're in the process of becoming. You don't start with all the dominoes known. You don't start with all the answers. You need guides. You need cheerleaders. You need support. And the biggest person you must trust is yourself. Trust that you are worthy, that you're not the imposter at the table. You are choosing to step from the shoreline. And I always applaud that kind of people. I'm curious when you look to your vision, use legacy if you'd like, mm-hmm. what do you hope the impact will be of all of the lives you've touched? I hope the impact will be believe in yourself. Just believe in yourself. If you need skills, then go out and get them. It's so easy these days. It's all online. Just have to go to YouTube to find out what to do and who, who you know, the, the classes you can attend. That's all you have to do. You don't have to attend university to become skilled in, I don't know, whatever, making a cup of tea, whatever, how simple life is. You know, it's, um, you know, I don't think life's finished with me yet. I've got a lot to do and a lot to learn. But what I'm learning so far, and and it's only just come to me recently, is what they call super patience. And I have to be very, very patient with myself because there's so much out there that I go do and see. I spend a lot of time away from my desk. Uh, I should be writing that book. I should be writing that book. I should be editing that book. I should be proofing that book. And then it's like, you've got to enjoy life as well. And so that's the biggest thing of anyone. Believe in yourself, but also take that time out to just be, just to breathe. Go for a walk in the park, admire the flowers. There was a Brené Brown um, once said that she had little uh, vases, uh, bud vase all around her place and she picks one flower to put in the little vase and she places them all around the house and she spends that two seconds just going past that little flower and really breathing in the perfume and looking at the petals. That's what we need to do. We just need that. That's when the creativity hits you. That's when the ideas hit you. People say to me, oh, I was uh, meditating and I got a light bulb. My book was fabulous. But I'm not great at meditating. My, my, I've got a monkey brain. <clears throat> Excuse me, it goes all over the place. So if I meditate, half the time I'm sort of thinking, I should do this, I should do that. I'm trying to quieten that down. But if I go out into the garden, and I meditate by looking at something, by concentrating on something, and realizing that 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 the creative skills are just bubbling away. But if they all burst into your life at once, you'd be flooded. And so they pop up. They just pop up. Oh, I could do this. Oh, I could do that. 
So that's the way my life, and I, I guess it's the same with everybody. You know, we have these thought pops, these ideas that come up and they're very creative. You can follow them or you can write them down and do them later. But, you know, be who you want to be. I think that's beautiful advice. And there is, there's a, you know, this culture that we have with hustle, hustle, hustle. Sometimes the simplest thing, and I'm a big, big, big believer that business is elegantly simple, is slow down enough. Because when you're going, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how, 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 whatever the echo is, you do. If you had the stillness to listen to the ideas that are always percolating, always bubbling to the surface. And you can acquire the skills to pursue them, as you say. You can acquire the knowledge, pop them down, or pursue them. You control the speed. You control the roadmap mm -hmm. that you are following. But I always challenge people say, I don't know. I said, you do. You're just, you're so busy being busy. You're not listening to the truth that is already evident in your storyline. You do not have one path. There are many paths to get there. You're just being called to take action, but the stillness is vital in this. So I want to wrap by one final question here, and it's, well, what what is holding you back? What's the gap you need to bridge to make the impact you see before you? You've given great advice for you on your journey. You said mm -hmm. still mountains to climb, like not done with me yet. What's the thing that you know is a bit of a bridge you need to climb? My biggest bridge at the moment is getting this book finished that I started five years ago. <laughs> You're like the cobbler with no shoes, right? It's like, I need to do my own. <laughs> yes, I, um, I've i had a book bubbling away inside me. And I, in the between time, I have written five books. But this book is very personal. It touches my heart deeply. Uh, but it's knowing how to couch the words in kindness and positivity uh, to actually write the book. Because... Um, a little bit, a little bit was, un, uh, how can I put it? I was dissatisfied with the original draft, so I've taken it back and I'm working on it. But, you know, I get busy, so that the manuscript goes to the side. And finally, finally, I've had it edited uh, and it's come, just come back to me, so I'm waiting my, well, my way through it because it's been heavily edited. And where I want this book to go, it deserves to be heavily edited too. Well, I'm sending you positive vibes that this Thank book you. that comes to light in the not too distant future. It's been super fun to have you on our showcase. Guys, that's a wrap. This is another episode of the Evolvepreneur After Hours community. But before you go, I've got a couple of things for you. First off, if you loved our episode, please give us a five-star review. And if you are an entrepreneur or know a great entrepreneur who's got a great story to share, we'd love to hear from you. Come be our guest. Make sure you subscribe to future episodes. And if you are an entrepreneur, now is the perfect time to be you, to pursue your dreams, to cast those ripples and make a positive impact. We look forward to seeing you on our next episode.